What's happening, friends? Welcome to Friday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Thank you all for being here. Big show. Zach Brown comes up this hour. Luke Combs a little later on. Let me play this voicemail. This is from Captain Jim, retired from the U.S. Army. I just wanted to thank you and the crew for your Pimp and Joy patriotic merch. The stuff is awesome. I think it's great that you're uh, trying to build a, a house for a wounded veteran. Being a combat wounded veteran myself, I can really appreciate what you all are doing. And Amy, if you ever decide to get divorced, give me a call. What? Oh, wow. Well, that oh, went, uh, that uh, went uh, uh, interesting. <laughs> I got slippery at the end there. Okay. You want his number? <laughs> huh. Thank you for supporting Pimp and Joy. Wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. That's the first part time anyone's ever shot their shot with Amy. Yeah, I mean, he just went <laughs> for been it. She's been married the whole time forever. <laughs> huh. uh, okay, well, there's that. Uh, thank you for that message. We are very proud of the work that we've all been able to do. And I don't mean we as in just this room, but we as in you listening as well. So really pumped that you guys were hopping in. And we're going to be able to build them a house for sure. So thank you so much. I do want to get to Eddie's old yellow review. Yes. Because Amy watched it. She gave her review yesterday, which you weren't able to hear. Correct. You went and watched Old Yeller last night. Last night. 1957 mm. is a movie you guys didn't know, so I made you watch it as homework. Yeah. Give me your review. Well, first off, mind blown that his name is Old Yeller because of his color of his fur. I didn't realize. The thought dog? Maybe, I, I thought maybe he yelled or something, but no, oh it's because gosh. they say, hey, Yeller. He's a yellow. yellow. A yellow lab. That was interesting to me. I like that. Right off the top. Uh, another thing that was cool is he's there in Texas. I love that. I love that, that old yellers from Texas. They live on a ranch in Texas. Uh, guys, this is probably the worst ending to a movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, you know how we play right. these games? I know. You know how we play these games where, like, it's like, what's the worst ending to a TV show? This is the worst ending to a movie, period. Ever. And then the dad comes out at the end. He's like, son, let me talk to you about life. And then he tries to make it all sugarcoat it. Ah, dad, stop it. This was terrible. Uh, <laughs> hey, the movie's good, though. No. Movie's, the it's, movie's good. Oh, come on. Stop. I, I don't know what Walt Disney was thinking and all those execs on like trying to end it like that, but they try to keep it real. You can um, spoil it, by the way, because it's been out yeah, we've, I said years. it yesterday. So you, you said that the yeah. little kid has to do what Shoot he did? Shoot the dog. Oh, yeah. my yes, God. The dog. <laughs> you got hypothermia? What is, what, what is some disease that I guess back in the day they had? Rabies. He got bit by a rabid wolf. Well, they didn't call it rabies. They called it hypochondria or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hey, I, I like the movie, though. It's a good movie. I think good for the family. Super, super sad, though. I wouldn't watch that again. Did you watch it with your kids? Uh, no, I didn't watch it with my kids. Would Thank you goodness. watch it with your kids? Yeah, I think it's. A, I think there's a good lesson. Even the shooting at the end? I think there's a good lesson in there somewhere, and I think that's what Disney was thinking about. Like, hey, let's do a real movie about loss and how to cope with loss and how to deal with loss, because that's what they're trying to do at the end. Mm. I don't think they successfully did that. No, but. and even the talk with the dad at the end was awkward. I was like, this is not... But, I mean, it, it, it was... 50s, probably fitting of the time, but I was like, no, this is not how you properly deal with what your son just did. <laughs> now you guys have caught up with a piece of America's pastime. Hey, thank you. I like the movie. Mm-hmm. If you want to cleanse that palate, yes. uh, Breaking Bobby Bones, Sunday night. Oh, okay. I'm Nat Geo. Okay. I'm doing, it's one's called Burning Bobby Bones, where I travel to Alabama to uh, do pipe welding. It's where I do catch myself on fire and they have to shoot me with water at one point. And then the other one is In Too Deep, where I go and do commercial diving, which was wild because I go to Seattle and I have 100 pounds of equipment on and you sink to the bottom of the ocean floor with a big line coming out of your head and you're down doing construction on the bottom of the ocean floor. It was one of the craziest things I've ever done. So I hope you guys watch uh, 10, 9 Central on Nat Geo Sunday night, Breaking Bobby Bones. Really appreciate all you guys for watching. It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, hoping to get some advice and how to handle a situation with a coworker. I work on a team that travels to a client site for long stretches of time. Sometimes when I get bored, I open up a dating app to swipe through profiles Recently, I came across a profile belonging to my engaged co-worker, whom I would consider to be a close-ish friend. He had to have opened it up recently at the travel site because the app will not update your location unless you open it up in that new location. Should I bring it up to him? It's not far-fetched to believe he already thinks that I've seen it and he knows I'm active on apps and we're not in a big city, so there's not a lot of profiles. 
Should I send it to his fiance? I know she's pressuring him to have a baby and I'd hate for that to happen if he's on his way out. If I didn't spend so much time with him, I'd be more apt to stay completely out of it. But it's been hard to hear him complain about his fiance and know he may be looking to cheat. P.S. Love the new TV show. I've laughed, cried, felt all the feels. You're actually making an actual impact on people's lives. Hope you get the ratings you deserve. Love breaking Bobby Bones. Signed, Confused Coworker. Well, it's tough. You don't go to the fiance, first of all. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Right. You don't go to the fiance. If, it, if the fiance was your best friend, you go because you protect your people. Even he's just a close ish friend. If it's me, I'm probably staying out of it. If he's my close friend, like close to best friend, you know, top, you know, if a friend that goes on your five fingers, top five friend, I'm, I'm going, hey, what's up? I saw you on a dating profile. Yeah, but it seems like he's just a coworker. Coworker that, he that happens a lot of time to be friends with. because of the. I think I just keep my mouth shut for now. Mm. That's what. I, it doesn't feel like the good person thing to do, but it's also not my business. Yeah, and she's worried about the maybe baby that like that's just she's taking on too many things to worry about that are not for her to worry about. I mean, yes, that would be sad, but who knows? We don't know their entire cir- circumstances at all. So I would just say, yeah. You're worrying about stuff you don't need to worry about. If he was a closer closer friend or she was a closer friend, that's when you jump in. The only time you get in drama is if you almost have to get involved in drama. That's how I feel about in my life. I don't want anything to do with any drama at all. The only time I'll get into it, if it's somebody I'm close to, if it's Amy, if it's Eddie, I'll get in the drama, but I'm going to get in and try to fix it and then get back out of it. I have no need to be in drama. This is one of those situations where I don't think you mess with it. Yes. No longer confused coworker. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> there's the there's the answer. Eddie, I just I, I'm torn and I think part of it too is that it's a fiance and not a wife and they don't have a lot of kids. I feel like you don't want to sit back and kind of like cuz you know, you know what's happening, you see the the account and everything and I feel like if you can help, why not but help? How do you help? Just by saying, hey, I was on this app. Are you on this too? Is that your business? It, it, well, I mean, it Are is, you on it too? They're engaged. I know, I know. And I just, I, I feel like there's an opportunity there. If she wants to help, she can help. But at the same time, you're not really saving like a, a, a marriage from divorce or anything like that because they're just engaged. So I, oh, But uh, what does that mean, help? It, it, let's say, ask, I'll be the guy. You, you're the girl. Ask mm-hmm. me. Uh, hey, um, I'm on a dating app and I know that you're engaged. Uh, I see you on there. You would say that to some. That, that would be. You what, would say that to a close-ish friend. I, mean, I don't think you would. Uh, I don't think you would. It's just hard. So like, because, are you doing it in a helpful way or a judgy way? Well, no, no, no. It's if you're a like, hey, I want to help you with your profile. Help you get- <laughs> oh no, not helpful <laughs> like that, but helpful like, hey, like maybe you shouldn't either. You shouldn't be or like, what's your what's the help? I, th- like, I think you say that you see in there, like, I know you're engaged. Like, are you okay? Is everything all right in your engagement? And they go, no, please help me. Okay, cool. Well then, uh, have good good luck dating. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's something there. It, the bad person thing to do feels like not doing anything, but I think it's also right. mind your own business. I, I'm a big believer in mind your own business unless somebody's getting hurt or it's somebody you're super close to. Otherwise, mind your own business. I don't feel like a good person, but that's how I feel. Mind yeah. your own business. Two versus one. Yeah. And Eddie claims he would. I'm telling you, he wouldn't do I that. I was just trying to find a different... He would just text me and be like, you see the person on the message <laughs> on the dating app? I probably would do that. All right. Um, sorry to not give you better advice. But just lay back. Thank you. That's the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Morgan, if they want to email us, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. There you go. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Zach Brown. Zach, what's up, buddy? How are you, man? Hey, good. Where are you right now? I'm in Nashville. So are you here most of the time now or are you still down in Georgia a lot? Uh, I'm, I'm both. I'm in between. So if someone said, Zach, where do you live? What would you say? Uh, I would say <laughs> a little bit of everywhere. Just like, but I'm, uh, you know, I would say main home base is in Georgia, but I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm getting everything uh, ready to be able to, to, to split time. Um, and I like being here, man. I've, I've enjoyed being here to, re- to record and arrange and got a good spot here now. So I'm excited to uh, spend more time here. You got a new song called Same Boat. You, you wrote this yourself, obviously. So you go into the room to write this song. Like the concept, does it does it come up from a, like a note someone had in their phone? How does Same Boat come together? 
this was actually an idea that was brought to me. Uh, ben and Jonathan Singleton actually brought this idea in and then we started working on it and it just started being magic, man. It just started coming out and it's, it's just a fun, it's a fun song. If you want to listen to it on that level, but there's a message there if you want to listen on that level too. So you can, you can smash a margarita while you're listening to it and it, have a good time or, or get a little, you know, a little message as well. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. I mean, this ain't about me, Zach. We hadn't talked to you in forever. I want to, I sit here and talk to people all day about me all the time. So let, let's just, I, I'm doing good though. I'm getting married for the first time. Thank you for asking. Now I feel uncomfortable. For some reason, I feel uncomfortable now that Zach has asked about me. <laughs> yeah, he turned it yeah, on you. Yeah, he turned it on me. I wasn't ready for that. Hey, when you guys get back out on the road, Zach, you have so you have what, 15 number ones or so, and you also have new music. How are you balancing that set list between the number ones, the new music, the amazing covers that you guys do? Like, what goes on in a meeting there? Man, it's it's exciting just, just having my guys back together again, just being able to be in a room and rehearsing. We, we've already started rehearsing for the band. I mean, after being off like this, man, I'm on fire to, to get out and play. I'm, I've been on fire to, to write this music. I've been on fire to, like, get back, get the world back together again and remind people what America really is and not what's been shown on the media for the last year and a half. Like I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to just go out and do what we do. I feel very rejuvenated after, um, after being off and after being away from people so long. Super excited to have you back. And if you guys are, are, are listening to this now, I've seen Zach a few times and Holy crap, what a show it is. I mean, it is, it's everything you think it would be with the massive hits, but also they just do such a big show and all of a sudden they'll do Dave Matthews Band or Metallica and you're like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Then they'll play new music. And most times I don't even want to hear new music, but I'm like, dang, that's a good song. So you guys go check out Zach, the comeback tour. Uh, it's, I mean, they're, I'll have a whole page of dates here, but starting August 5th in New Jersey all the way to October 17th. So your Nico Moon, who's a friend of ours now, is a friend of yours as well, um, wrote a bunch of songs with you and even came in with you back in the Sir Roosevelt days. He had a number one. Like, how do you feel about like one of your guys making it now on a different level? I'm super happy for it, man. You know, I saw I saw Nico playing at the mansion in Carrollton, Georgia, like forever ago. And I believed in him ever since I saw him play the very first time. So I'm super happy for him um, doing his own thing, being out there. And, and it, you know, his songs are popping up now on my kids. My kids are listening to you know, playlists and stuff. And Nico pops up on these playlists and it, it definitely makes me proud. Um, he deserves it, man. He's super talented and, um, and a great, a great human also. Zach Brown is on with us. He's got a new song that we world premiered today. You get, you still get nervous when a new song comes out or are you mostly just relieved that you're finally able to get the song you've been working on so long to, to, to be played for people? No, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a, the same fire that I had when we made our first album that's the same fire that I've got again, coming back out with this record, man. I'm super excited. I think we've written the best record start to finish that we've ever done. And I've been able to spend more time writing on it and working on it than anyone that I've ever done. So uh, I'm really excited. And this is the beginning of it. You know, it's hard to pick like which song is going to represent the album, you know, like, what does that, what does that look like? You want to, you know, and, and are people going to think that all the songs are going to be like this, you know, but we've got a good, a really great flow. It was hard to pick which which song was going to be the first one. Aside from music, which I would say you're an expert at music, what what else would you consider yourself an expert at? You know, I, I dabble in a lot of things. Man, my favorite thing in the world to do is to spearfish. Do you go down? Yeah. You like you swim down and you throw the spear in the water? Is that how that works, or do you do it from the boat? No, no, you do it in the water. <laughs> you know, one day these fish are going to get upset. And they're going to ambush you, right? Like, I see McGraw, too, spearfishing. And you know one day you're going to run into a whole group of these fish that are a little bigger than you that have heard rumors about you, and they're going to take you down. Does that worry you? Not at all, man. You know, you kind of at the mercy of the ocean. And so if that's the way that I'm, that I'm supposed to go, then, then so be it, man. I'll, you know, I'll take the Viking approach if they're going to carry me. To, <laughs> let's do it. I saw a picture on your personal Instagram of you playing pool. Are you a good pool player? I, you know, I don't golf. Um, I maybe we'll learn one day, but when I'm an old, crusty old guy, if I make it that far, I want to be a really good pool player. So I've uh, been practicing at the house, got my kids playing at the house, and um, it's, it's something I definitely enjoy doing. 
can you go out somewhere and have because if, if you're not wearing like the Zach Brown look from Zach Brown band, can you go out and have a dinner without people bothering you or knowing who you are? Or are you so unmistakable, even just with the beard in your face, that people are like, that's Zach Brown? No, man, I, I, I slide by a lot, you know. Occasionally people recognize me, but, you know, in Georgia where I live and then around Nashville, people are cool, you know. Sometimes people notice and it's not a it's not a big deal, you know. I'm really not a big deal. I'm just a dude, you know. But I definitely don't – I don't pander attention if I'm not on a stage, you know. So I'm happy just sliding by and, and um, getting to sneak, sneak, you know, under the radars is pretty – it's pretty good, man. And I, I get away with it a lot, you know, with a ball cap on. And, and sometimes, you know, when I'm off the road, I'll kind of cut my beard short, too, and people don't even recognize me. How many tattoos do you have at this point? Because it's head to toe, right? Uh, it's not not exactly. I have a lot more uh, a lot more space for it. But I I do. My, my tattoo artist is here in Nashville, Adam the Kid. And... He's just awesome, man. You get a tattoo from him, he, he doesn't dig too deep, man. He gets it done quick. It heals quick, and it's just like he makes it easy. Adam the Kid is also my tattoo artist, and he's also come and guest hosted our show before. And so, you know, just a super creative guy. Does he put tattoos, like, on, on your head? Do you have tattoos on your head at all? Do you have tattoos on, like, like under your arm, like weird places? What, what happens there? Well, there are places that definitely hurt more than other places. Um and it's weird places like you wouldn't think like on your elbow or like, you know, I mean, for, for me, like this side piece of my of my finger, like the inside between your fingers, like that made me want to throw up. Why would you get um, it? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why are, <laughs> well, he didn't know it was going to make him I, feel I feel that like way. Zach's like Jeff Bezos. Like he's so successful. He has so much money. He's so creative. Now he's just doing stuff because he's bored. Like he's done everything at this point. So he's like, all right. Tattoo in between my thighs, right there in that little spot, because that'll make me feel. Like, is there anything to that, Zach? No, actually, this this was my wedding band, um, and I was blessed to be married for twelve years. But but that was so I didn't lose my ring, and so that was the reason that I had it on the inside of my finger. But that little tiny spot between was the worst of anything, the worst ever. Well, we're glad you're back. We're glad you got a new song. We can't wait for the record. We can't wait for the tour. We played the new one called Same Boat from Zach Brown. Zach, it is good to talk to you, my friend, and hopefully uh, I'll see you around town sometime soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Bobby. Good Have to see awesome you, buddy. Day, man. Bobby Bones. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Lady A announced a new project, What a Song Can Do, Chapter One. That's dropping on June 25th. Here's a new song from it called Things He Handed Down. Of the things he handed down, 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 oh yeah. The things he handed down. Yeah, I still got that Bible, that leather bound King James on. I swear every verse she wonderlined. Zach Brown Band was on the show today and shared his new song called Same Boat. We're all in the same boat, fishing in the same hole, one where the same time goes, money too. Brad Paisley is headlining the 4th of July show in Nashville, and ahead of the big show, he released a new song called City of Music. And the city of music, second string quarterback junior transfer, learning how to play guitar. A Morgan number two, that's your skinny. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Gabe and Evelyn were out for a drive when they came upon a fire. They're like, oh no. They call 911, but before the fire department could get there, they're like, we got to try to put this thing out. So they're throwing blankets, trying to get the fire to go out, and they get it to a little smolder, but there's still embers, and they're worried, oh, no, it's going to start back up. And they see a guy heading to the lake, and they're like, hey, man, can you help us out? He had a 30-pack of beer, so they poured the beer and put it out. (laughs) I wonder what that guy thought. Like, I got to give my beer up? I bet he thought twice about it. (laughs) Yeah, he had to. He's going fishing. He was going to use that beer all day, but they used the beer 
smother the fire. I like the story because I know that was a tough one for that guy. Whoever this, <laughs> I feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves in That's this. Right. Yeah. That had to be a tough call for him. Like you Every want, beer is like, oh, you man. You want my course light? <laughs> I had a whole day planned. Well, he did it. They did it together as a team. That's a great story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It's now time for our Queen of Fun Facts, Amy, to take on her newest challenger, Lunchbox. Let's go. Fun Fact Friday off. Fun Fact Friday. We'll count them down five to one. You'll put out a fact. He'll put out a fact. We'll declare a winner. The person with the most points wins. Good? Okay. All right, here we go. Start us off. Number five. Amy, since you're the champion, you go first. Yeah, so Neil Armstrong's life insurance would have cost him $50,000 a year because his line of work, but mm-hmm. he only made seventeen grand a year, so obviously that didn't make sense. So he signed hundreds of autographs before his launch so that his family could sell them in case he died and they would have money. Wow. Live. That's a cool fact. That, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like and obviously that. he survived, thank goodness. Um, lunchbox. Oh, yeah, that's easy, guys. Okay. Did you know that hummingbirds, because Amy loves birds, are the only birds that can fly backwards? Yeah, they have a special joint that allows them to fly backwards and upside down. Only <laughs> birds in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, huh. Eddie, Raimundo, myself are the judges today. Uh, what's more fun, Neil Armstrong or hummingbirds? I mean, you kind of know Neil Armstrong's worried about dying, so that's kind of like, okay. But hummingbirds flying backwards and upside down, that's pretty cool to me. I think Amy would agree, too. Well, who'd you pick? I saw, I, go, I go with Lunchbox. See, I've known the hummingbirds since like second you grade. You have? Yeah, they like teach you that normal upside down like a fighter jet. That's cool. I'm going to go Neil Armstrong signing autographs okay. in case he died. Raymundo? Amy all the way. We can walk backwards real cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. They're flying, though, Ray. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, Amy won Lunchbox Zero. Hit number four. Number four. Amy, you're up. So the U.S. Department of Defense buys more explosive devices than anyone else in the world. You know who's at number two? Oh, okay. Disney for fireworks. Any other guesses? Well, that's good. Something pyro. Good one. Uh, Jason, Jason Aldean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> So were, were we right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you would think it might be another country or something, but no, it's Disney. Walt oh. Disney Company, because of all the fireworks to buy for their parks. So they're second in line to the U.S. Department of Defense. <laughs> Dang. I third? Just, I just guessed that. Aldean. Third for sure, Aldean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lunchbox. Oh, yeah. Did you know Sony camcorders in 1998, they sold 700,000 of them where you could see through people's clothes. They wanted it to be able to be seen at, used at night. And they actually put infrared technology, so you were seeing through people's clothes. They had to recall them. You <laughs> see the skeleton, or no, through their clothes, like you could see, like you're trying to film someone. But what well, we that sure? Exists. I don't think that's that, that's real. I remember hearing about that, like in the news and stuff. But I, I don't think it really was like as cool as they made it sound. Is Mike D doing a Snopes fact check on this? You can one? Have, you could see their underwear and everything underneath their clothes because of the infrared technology. Does infrared mm. work in the daytime though? I don't know. No, I don't know what it does. It's used to see at night. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay, there we have it. He looked it up. He, you, see, there's a there's a uh, technology that can allow you to see, like, private parts <laughs> or something. I feel like you see the bone or, like, the structure. You can't actually see the part. Can you? Um, I don't know, but it's <laughs> Mike D fact-checked it. It is true. It's a fact. Let's pick which one is more fun. Raymundo. Because it's true, Lunchbox was seen through clothes. Eddie? I mean, I don't remember Amy's now, so I'm going to go with Lunchbox. Oh, me too. Well, same. Me too. And I guessed it like as a normal guess. I was like, yeah, yeah probably Disney. Oh. Sorry, yeah. Amy. So I just have to filibuster between mine, and then you'll you forget. You filibuster for like an hour. You no, filibuster every show all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all right, one to one. All right, here we go. Number three. Lunchbox, you're up. We all know Ed McMahon from... Publisher Clearinghouse? Uh, yeah. What's crazy is he never worked for Publisher's Clearinghouse. Did you know he worked for a rival company that tried to do the same thing as Publisher's Clearinghouse, and they just associated with him, and so they never put the you know myth to bed that he works for them, so they got all the publicity. Ed McMahon's business went out of business. Wait, what? Did, but didn't he go work for Publisher's Clearinghouse he at the end? He never worked for Publisher's Clearinghouse. But then how's he all in the commercials? Yeah, he's in their that? commercials. He is not in their commercials. You think he's in their commercials. Weird. He is not. Huh? Lunchbox is just changing fact. I mean, uh-huh. he's just coming out and doing Mythbusters instead of, okay. That's a fact. Mike D checked it out for us. Wow. <laughs> we double check all his, all his facts. 
It's true. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know how terribly fun it is, but it's still it's interesting. So how is it not him? Did they photo ge- generate him into the commercials? No. I mean, he would knock on the door. But I don't he, think it was published. It was probably another company, Amy. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Oh, uh, okay. All right, Amy. At the peak of his power, Pablo Escobar brought in an estimated $420 million in revenue every week. <laughs> That's $420 million selling drugs a That's week. That's a lot of money. Okay. Raymundo? Um, this, I mean, they yeah, both, both of them kind of are terrible. Amazing. What? Yeah, both are pretty terrible. But I'm just going to go with Lunchbox. It was a little bit more fascinating that we thought a guy was in a commercial, but he really wasn't. We just associated him with it. Morgan, do you know who Ed McMahon is? No idea. Yeah, that, that was the thing on that one. It's not that fun for anybody under I don't know. <laughs> 80. <laughs> Eddie? I mean, the Pablo Escobar thing, Amy, I kind of figured that. He was very rich and so a lot but of But did you think it was that much? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the, 420 sh- million in the movie, he burns money to keep I warm. Know. Like, so I know, buried money all over. So I'm going to go with Lunchbox. On I'm going to go with Lunchbox, too. They both were pretty rotten, yeah. though, I'll be honest with you. All right, Lunchbox got two points. Uh, Lunchbox is up. Number two. Oh, we love pizza. Everyone loves pizza. Did you know in America, we eat about 100 acres of pizza every single day? That's right. That's how much pizza is eaten every day by Americans. 100 acres. Okay. Amy, you have to get this to stay in the game. So in 1978, Richard Branson, he wanted to impress his girlfriend by pretending to buy a private island. The island was listed for $6 million, and he offered $100,000 as a joke but the owner settled and said, okay, okay, I'll sell it to you for 180 k And Branson was like, what? And that is what we call Necker Island today, my friend. That's crazy. Dang. Um, okay. Eddie. I'm going to go offer a bunch of, like, million-dollar house. I'm going to buy $50,000 for that million-dollar house. <laughs> Amy, I love your fact. I'm going to go with Amy on this. What was yours again, Lunchbox? <laughs> Hundred acres of oh, pizza. Yeah. A Those day. are always weird when it's like, did you know forty-two million yeah. pounds of wings will be consumed on Super Bowl by all? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Tell me per person. Raymundo, Amy for the win. Yeah, okay, Amy as well. Okay, we're all down to the final fun fact. It all comes down to this one. Whoever fact is more fun is the fun fact champion of the week. Oh, this is the last one. This is, is it. it. Oh, do man. you have one in your back pocket? No, I don't. <laughs> oh no, no, don't ask Mike for advice. No, I'm not asking advice. I think I've done it, but I can't remember. Mm. We'll, we'll I guess be the, if we'll I don't be the judge remember, of that, y'all won't remember. But then what hey. if I've done it, I could risk it. Then it's so good, though. Okay, here we but go. Hit that number one, Raymundo. Number one. Who goes, me? You won that one, so you go first. Have I done this one? Go ahead. I don't know. Oh, man. When Jack Nicholson... Does that sound familiar? Just do the fun. <laughs> when Jack Nicholson was 37, he found out that the woman he thought was his sister was actually his mother. I haven't heard that one before. Okay. Me either. I've never yeah. heard of that. So, wait, so, so his mom got pregnant when she was 16, and the family was like, whoa, like, you're, you're, like, we're just gonna, you can have the baby, stay with us, and we'll raise him. So his so grandmother his was his mom. Like the mom. Uh-huh. And then when he was 37 years old, he wow, realized. he was that old before he realized that's it? That's what I said. Dang. When Jack Nicholson was 37, he found out the woman he thought was his sister was his mother. Okay. That's like me now, basically, just a few years ago, going, yeah. You're not my mom. You're my sister. No, no, you're, no, not, you're not, not my sister. sister you're, you're my, my mom. mom. Crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. That's sad. It's not fun. Well, <laughs> it is fun. It's it is fun. very interesting. It is. Go ahead, lunchbox. Oh yeah, Matthew McKnight. He holds the world record <laughs> for the greatest distance thrown in a car accident and living. Oh yeah, he's an off-duty paramedic. <laughs> he pulls over to help someone on the side of the road. And a car going 70 miles an hour hits him, and he flies 118 feet. That's half a football field, and he lived. Woohoo! That's incredible, and that's what we call miracles do happen. <laughs> that's traumatic. It is traumatic for, him, for his whole life too. No, he bad. was like the nurse. Both even, of those are trauma filled. Yeah, the oh, nurse. Yeah. The yeah. nurse told him you should, you know, send that into the Guinness Book of World Records. He's like, yeah, right. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records. All right, Ray. Congrats to Matthew McKnight, but uh, not to Lunchbox. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard that. We've heard the Jack Nicholson. I've never heard the sister mom one. Did you know the details? When have you heard it? No, he's lying. 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 Eddie, have you ever heard that before? Never heard that in my life. Okay. Okay, Ray goes Amy. Eddie? Ooh, this is tough. Tougher than I thought. Michael McKnight, kind of fun. 
but I've never heard this Jack Nicholson one, so that's pretty crazy to me. I'm going Amy. Yeah, I'm going Amy. And there she is. She wins again. The grand champion of Fun Facts. Wow. Look at you. You can't take down the grand champion. It's hard. It is hard. No, I mean, I'm saying today was hard. Good job, Lunchbox. Lunch pushed her to the limit, though. Yeah. said good job. No. I had to. That, <laughs> I'll remember I this to, next week, Eddie, when you're up. I'd call No, there's no keeping do? Now Lunchbox just banned himself from judging oh, next boy. week. A comment like that. Me, nice. Morgan, and Ray will have to be the good, judges now because we have a corrupt judge. Okay, Amy, congratulations. You are the Fun Fact Friday champion. There she is, Amy, everybody. Fun Fact Friday. Yay! Here's a voicemail we got last night. I was just listening to the podcast and I just heard about Amy's mammogram experience and I'm actually a mammographer in Florida and I just wanted to say thank you, Amy, for spreading the word about how mammography is a great tool for, you know, early indication of breast cancer and how important self-exams are and how we're not the scariest people. I promise. Mammographers are nice people too. So thank you guys and keep supporting the good word. Have a great day. There you go. Yeah. Good for you. I didn't know that they were mammographers. I call cool. them mammies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's Alicia from Seattle. Morning, studio. Ray, you are an inspiration for my best friend's wedding that I'm going to in Europe in three weeks. Thanks, guys. I hope I see many Rays at that wedding like I saw on the Instagram story. Thanks. Ray, you've become a cult hero for how drunk you were at Mike D's wedding. Yeah, I, don't, I thought it was going to be a positive influence on people, but I mean, I guess... I inspired her. <laughs> people well, people are now going, hey, if, if Ray's at your wedding and he doesn't do that, will that be disappointing? Mm. No. <laughs> no, it'd be great. <laughs> no, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> Here's Amy's pile of stories. So a Texas woman is sounding the alarm after finding a tracking device in her purse after an evening out. She went out to dinner with some friends, and when she got home, she was cleaning out her bag, and she found one of those tile trackers, something you can put with your wallet or your purse or your keys. So if you lose them, you can track them down. Only problem is it did not belong to her. So she thinks it was slipped Mm. into her bag by somebody that then could track where she was going. Follow her home. Yes. Man. Know where she lives. And I think as long as you stay within a certain Oof. distance, yes, you can track it. So if it was someone that was at the same restaurant, then yeah, he's just look at her and then, you know, he'll kind of know where she's going. That's freaky stuff. It yep. is, for sure. She said she took the little, I don't know if there's a battery or she somehow deactivated it, deactivated it and contacted the police and then put a PSA up on TikTok. But what do you do? Go through your purse before you leave every single place? That's the thing. Like, what do you do to prevent that? I mean, you're already watching for creepos around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Or maybe just make sure you've got a handle on where your purse is at all times and that it's not open or available for someone to slip something in. Yeah. Although, I mean, if people are sneaky and good at this, then that's obviously what they're, they've are they trained themselves to do is for you not to catch them. Hmm, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Maren Morris was saying um, that Ryan Hurd is super outgoing and she is really shy. And she says that his outgoing trait is one that she wishes that she had. I'm like very shy. I consider myself an introvert. So yeah, if we ever walk into a room and I don't know anyone, I feel like he'll be okay. But I need like a drink in my hand or something to feel like, okay, I can have this conversation. Uh, So is there a characteristic of Caitlin's that you wish you had? Yeah, a lot. I mean, she is very much a natural athlete. She's When we play ball, she's the best athlete out there. She may not win because sometimes she's like, "Eh, I'm I'm good, I'm tired. But she's the best shooter. Her her family's very athletic. I wish I had... a sort of natural ability. She's also funnier than I am, which stinks. <laughs> That's all I've been rewarded for my whole life. And then she, she's smarter than I am. So basically, I wish I could just take her and then crawl inside her be body her. and just be her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of that. But she's also very good in a room where I'm not. Where I'm a bit like Marin. I walk into a room and if I'm not on, like if it's not, oh, he's here to perform or he's here to do something, I'm like, man, nobody wants to talk to me. And so I'm very much like, oh, I'm just going to hang out in the back where she will go right into a room and attack a room and, and make people like her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so everything. Thank everything. you. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So Hershey's has a new fruity cereal Kit Kat. The bars are covered in fruity cereal flavored I don't, cream. I don't like this. <gasps> why? I, if you're going to make Kit Kat cereal, make it with the chocolate. Yeah, no, why fru- change the candy? Fruity oh. Kit Kat doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a Kit Kat. I'm with you on this. Oh, I am excited about this and it hit stores this month. So you should be able to find it nationwide. And 
It basically is this pretty pink Kit Kat with little rainbow sprinkles in it. First of all, that looks appealing to me. And then it probably it tastes like Fruit Loops. But that's not a Kit Kat. A Kit Kat's chocolate wafer bars. But right. they make mint. They invented a new Kit Kat so they can invent a cereal. But didn't when you went to Japan, didn't yes. they have like a But we're not in Japan. You okay. had cereal. They Good have point. lemon ones. They have mint. What's the deal? What cereal? <laughs> didn't they have wasabi flavor? They had it oh, all. That's crazy. <laughs> Wow, I I thought you were this. I would think be it right would be good, alley. but it's not Kit Kat. Okay, all right. Call it Fruit Cat. I don't know why I'm so upset about this. Well, it's, it's a limited edition <laughs> Kit Kat. Yeah, does that help? <laughs> Whatever. All right, I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Come on. It's time for the good news with Amy. Tell me something good. So this guy Mike was driving along in Charlotte when he saw a duck in distress and it was circling a storm drain freaking out so he pulled over to see what was troubling who would have pulled over first of all if they saw i (laughs) i would now because a duck is a bird (laughs) for a duck a duck is on my bird chart i guess it depends if i'm on the interstate or not if i'm on a road where i can i don't i don't even know that i'd be looking honestly i like to think i would so i'm gonna go yes if it's a road where i'm not endangering anybody else but go ahead so he pulled over he realized when he looked down the storm drain that the duck was circling, there was seven little ducklings Aww. down there. And the mama duck could mm. not get to them. So he tried lifting the iron gate, but it was huge and heavy. So he flagged down someone else to pull over and help him remove the gate. And once they were able to do that, he reached down there and rescued the little ducklings one by one and laid them in the grass. And slowly but surely, even when just a few of the ducklings were getting out into the grass, the mama duck started calming down. She's like, oh, everyone's going to be safe now. So cool. Mike said the experience was so emotional, he admitted that he cried after it. <laughs> I saw a story about a guy, I think I think it was like six or seven years ago, he saved a hippo. There was a, a baby hippo in a river, and the hippo had lost his mom, and he goes in and he saves the hippo and raises him. And in the six years, the hippo had gotten bigger and they'd gotten close. And he took him back to the river part where he had rescued him and the hippo ate him. Is this, what is this? Wait, is this a <laughs> is true this story? A real- yes. What? Ate him? Yeah. What kind of story oh, is this? A true one. And why? Why did he eat him? He's a hippo. So, Amy, keep reading your story. Did the duck eat the guy? No, I'm telling you. The hippo did what hippos do. Yeah, they eat people. They eat people. This is tell me something good. I know, but I read that one. And And I've been meaning to tell that on the air for a long time. Wow. But what I'm going to do is tell a story, too, that says if you save a hippo, put him back in the water before he's able to eat you. I was Humphrey the hippo. Is that his name? Yeah. You looked it up? This is real? Yeah. Yeah. He had a hippo since he was five months old. Saved him at five months old. And six years later, Humphrey ate him. Humphrey drug him in that him. same river. And he went him. alone. That's what I'm saying. Don't be dumb with animals. Save them. Give them to their mommy. Then go back to your home yeah. with your mommy. <laughs> oh, but good man. for that guy too. He did save a hippo. Wow, it's crazy. And then fed one. Okay. Well, shout out Mike, <laughs> who who saw a distressed duck and decided to help. Is that story bad for the tell me something good? No, I think it's amazing. I just have, I never well, honestly, it's, it's like, been it, in my head for like three weeks, and I haven't <laughs> found a way to tell it. Hey, Bones and is a safe place. Amy triggered that story, that memory. I was like, oh, I got to tell this yeah, story about no, the guy I mean, who saved the hippo. It's like you're doing a, the more you know yeah. inside, of, which is always good to let people know things. Yeah. So it's good. There you go. That's that's what it's all about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was Tell Me Something Good. Here's a voicemail we got last night. Morning, studio. Um, I have a joke. What did the cannibal get for showing up to the dinner party late? The cold shoulder. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Good one. That's pretty funny. Let's go over to Amy now and get the morning corny. The morning corny. What did one Dorito farmer say to the other? What did one Dorito farmer say to the other? Cool ranch. Cool ranch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I That's like pretty that. Good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That was the Morning Corny. Just a reminder, Sunday night at 10, 9 central, Breaking Bobby Bones, two more episodes. For all our Seattle listeners, I was in Seattle out on the ocean doing underwater construction. It's crazy. I hope you guys watch 10, 9 central on Nat Geo. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Luke Combs. Luke, how are you, dude? Good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. How I was uh, watching your Instagram. You were in the studio I didn't hit the volume up because I think I was at a place where I couldn't listen. But I saw you singing in studio. You're in like a dark T-shirt. You had some uh, papers in front of you on a music stand. I'm assuming that's for the new record you're recording right now. Definitely, yeah. 
when you go in and you got all these songs, do you feel like, because your first two records have been monsters, do you feel like, hey, we got to beat that? Or is it like, we just got to get to where I am creatively right now? Like, what's the goal with the next project? I think it's a little bit of both, you know. I mean, obviously, you want to, you know, you want everything to be better than the last thing. Um, so I guess there is a little bit of pressure in that sense. But also just want it to be what I want it to be in a lot of ways, you know. Like, I want it to, you know, match the songs that I've written for this thing. So I think it's trying to find a balance of both. Did you do the thing where, you know, you pretty much have the whole record ready and then you wrote something like the day before and you're like, wow, this one's got to go on the record. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been known to do that. And I definitely have done that um, recently, man, but we can't say that because then everybody, every writer will try to be right. You know, we'll try to get a date like right before I go in, you know, <laughs> everyone will be like, Oh, well he just likes it more because it's new. <laughs> You know, so they'll all be trying to get trying to get their days switched to like right the day before I go in the studio, you know. Are there any songs that will go on the new project that you had and that you didn't put on, you know, the first couple records? No, there won't there won't be anything that's like a like like leftover stuff. Um it'll be stuff that I've written it's all stuff that I've written since those came out, you know. Um Barring the deluxe of the most recent album, there's some stuff that I wrote before the deluxe of the most recent album that I feel like didn't fit that particular thing. Um, but yeah, everything is pretty much new. Luke Combs is on with us right now. So let's say you write a whole bunch of songs for the first record or the second record and you didn't cut them. Now, do you end up just releasing them into the wild to go, hey, if anyone wants to cut this, I wrote it, you can? Man, I have, but I haven't had a lot of takers on that, to be honest with you, man. And I feel like I got some stuff that's pretty solid, you know, because I can only put out so many songs. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes people, I feel like maybe people think, and rightly, rightfully so, maybe they think like, well, if he's not cutting it, well, then maybe it's not good enough or something, which is not necessarily the case. You know, I just have, sometimes I just have really great songs that don't necessarily fit what I'm trying to do. And I would love for somebody else to do them, you know, when you cut the demos, will you sing them or do you let another one of the writers sing them so they don't get leaked? No, I sing. I usually sing them 90% of the time. I, I just sing. they, I mean, usually nobody has them, but me and the, and the writers. So if they get leaked, I know who to call anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I was watching the forever after all video and uh, you cry in the video. Did you know beforehand you were going to cry? Because I'm worried about this with me. I'm I, I'm getting married coming up. Did you know beforehand you were probably going to cry or was it just like a wave of emotion? Man, I was, I was honestly like, I was like, man, what if I don't cry? Like I almost had more anxiety about that. Like I was like, what would that say about me as a guy if I didn't cry? You know what I mean? And not that I tried to, because I was thinking like, man, I, I was like, man, if I don't cry, then like, you know, Am I going to, if people going to think I'm like, you know, this like cold guy, but yeah, it was really just like a rush of emotion thing. Like it wasn't like, man, I'm definitely going to cry. It just happened. You know, it was like, so not unexpected. Cause I think people ex kind of expect you to cry in that moment, but I was, yeah, it was just like a wave of the second I saw her, it was just a crazy Did rush you, of emotion. You write your own vows. We did it. We did not, man. We went, uh, I know that's probably surprising, um, but we didn't, man. You know, we just went with the standard thing. Let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll stop with me taking advice about a wedding, but what's the one thing that you spent money on at the wedding where you're like, you know, I don't think we need to spend that much money on this at the wedding. I don't know, man. Like we, man, I think it was like, I mean, I think the thing that you'll, the food was just for everyone else, really. Like we didn't really get to eat that much at all because you're like doing stuff all day you know and then you're like oh everyone's like man the food was so good and then you kind of realize that you didn't really have much food at all you had like one bite of one thing so obviously you need the food for everyone else so that you can't really take that advice but that was the one thing that you're like man it's so expensive and i really didn't get to have any of it either so on with luke combs uh last time i saw you we were both at the finale of american idol i guess we saw each other briefly you're walking down the hall and um, yeah. you, you go up and you sing with Chase and you crush it. And my fiance was there and she was like, she had asked this question. She goes, when Luke started out, did he start out as the guy who just wanted to go and represent everybody and wear what he's wearing on stage all the time? Or did he just 
get successful so quick and he's like, wow, this is already working. Let's just keep at it. Like, was it, was it the plan or was it kind of thrust upon you because it was already working? No, I think it was the plan, you know, it was always to, to be kind of just like, man, you wear the same thing. And I don't know, you know, like I, I've always just kind of enjoyed that. It, it, it makes it easy for me, you know, to have to go, well, this is what I'm going to wear tonight. You just change the boots and the hat most of the time. And sometimes you don't even change the hat. You just wear different boots or jeans or something, you know? And so I don't know. I just always like that, man. I like people. I try to make it as like as less about me as possible. Is that as weird as that sounds, you know, like I want it to be about the songs and the music and the show. And, you know, like I've never wanted to be like a me, me, me guy, like, you know, look at me kind of thing. And so I think the outfit is kind of, is just part of that thing. Like I just want, to, to people to like my music, really. You know what I mean? I saw Darius on his Instagram, like, hey, I need some some Crocs, some Luke Combs Crocs, and he got some. And so I just wonder, yeah. in your house, are, is there just like a closet full of Crocs of all sizes that you can just send out to your buddies? I wish, man, because I get a lot of requests for those things. And they're just, they're like gone, you know? Like, people are like, you can get more, right? And I'm like, no, I really, I can't. <laughs> Not anymore to be had, you know? Like, I don't even wear my pair because I'm worried that they'll get all, like, dirty and stuff. And then I, like, I won't even have a pair left anymore, you know? Uh, Luke Combs on with us. You're playing two shows in Orange Beach, Alabama, July 3rd and 4th. These will be your first headlining shows since February of last year. So are you already thinking about what you're going to start the whole show with? Is that a bigger deal now since you haven't had a show in a long time, like a real one? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had a a few conversations about, you know, what's – going to be on the screens and what's the set list going to be because i think we have i mean three or four like number one songs that we've never played for an audience before you know which is like so we've got to kind of retool the set like based around that because obviously those are songs that you can't skip now and so we've got to figure out we're getting to the point where there's not many spots in the set for like stuff that we normally don't do which we like to do that we like to go oh well here's a song off the first album that we don't play a lot we'll play that one tonight you know so there's less of those spots now so figuring out what's going to be in those spots is kind of is kind of the challenge of that whenever you play a song and it's like the opening riff or the beginning before you sing which song that you've been able to play live gets the loudest pop from the crowd Man, I mean, it, Hurricane's hard to beat just because of that SIG riff, you know, like on the top of it is like so big and like recognizable. And it was my first single. But I know there's not even an intro to, I mean, when it rains, it pours is up there. Like it just comes in as like cold vocal before the music even starts. And that one gets, I mean, people get pretty wild about that one too. But I guess we'll see, man. I guess maybe things have changed in the last 16 months. I don't know. How meticulous is the single picking process now? Um, I think it's just kind of an instinct thing, really. It's like, you know, you have this stuff, you go in and record it, and you think, well, man, I, you know, 90% of the time, I feel like we have a pretty good grip of what people are going to love. And then, you know, there is that 10% of the time where I get really surprised. I'm like, man, I really thought they were going to love this song, and they and they didn't. Or I didn't think they would love this song as much, and they do. So you also have to be willing to – listen to the fans because they're the ones that at the end of the day, really, you know, they're the ones that really pick what the single is based off of, you know, what they like the most and what they're most engaged with. And, you know, we try, we try to, um, you know, get songs on the radio that, that we think people want to hear on there. I'm going to ask you one final question about, you know, the next bit of new music. Like when do we get to hear something more than just on Instagram? Like, give me, give me a nugget here. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're kind of, I'm going into the studio one more time and uh, we should be done, you know, by then I think, you know, we're going in and and this month, I mean, I guess it's June now. um, And so we're, we're going in this month to do some more stuff. And, you know, once we get all those sorted, I don't know, I'll give, I'm like fall probably I would hope may, you know, I guess it all just depends on, you know, obviously there's some strategy involved in, in that release date, but I think it's it's probably fall, I would hope. So are you saying there'll be another single from this, or are you done until the new record after this one? I, I think I think there's probably going to have to be. Okay. You want to say what that is or no? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I hadn't got that far. All right. I think you have, but that's okay. You can withhold information. <laughs> Just remember, eventually it's all going to come back, and I'm going to have something to them. Yeah, it's all right. Lou, good to talk to you, Buck. Congratulations, and I'll uh, see you yes, soon. Sir. Thanks, buddy. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. A northern Virginia man and his three-year-old grandson have just wrapped up a month-long random acts of kindness tour. How about that? He takes his grandson, and they go all around and do a kindness tour. The man came into an unexpected inheritance, and he's like, I don't need this. So he decided to share it with people who are struggling. For one month, George and his grandson, Miles, handed out 100 bucks a day with a note that read, Please accept this random act of kindness. If you don't need it, feel free to share it with others. Oh, I love but that. Isn't the greatest part, though, that he traveled forever with his grandson yeah. and like, took him out? Yeah. That's great, too. Hey, that's a fantastic story. And who doesn't need an inheritance? I read that, too, and was like, <laughs> realized he didn't need it. Wow. I need it. You must be doing pretty good, buddy. <laughs> all right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Angela in Kentucky is on the phone. Angela, what's going on? I was wondering, since uh, Chris Young and Kane Brown have a song about famous friends, do you ever get starstruck by anyone? Because you know uh, a lot of famous people. Starstruck. The people I get starstruck by now are the people that I thought was a star when I was a kid. Like, honestly, my life now has taken a weird turn where I, I went from somebody in a trailer park to now I get to hang out and do really cool things. And so it's not lost on me. And I'm always in this weird place, too. Like, how much do I share? Because I would share it all with you. But then people go, oh, look, he's changed. He's all fancy pants. Well, I'm trying to walk this line the right way. That's I want you guys to actually experience my life with me because, listen, I wasn't – there was no privilege for me. Like, I kind of figured this out with you guys, and so I want to share it with you, but I don't want to share too much. But that being said, who do I get starstruck by? Once I got on an airplane and sat between Barry Switzer, who was the Oklahoma head football coach, was from Arkansas, played on the Arkansas national championship team, and Eddie Sutton. And I sat between them on the Southwest Airlines flight. Completely starstruck. That, because to me, that's crazy. <laughs> I have a friend named Quinn Grovey, who's a buddy now, but he was quarterback of the Arkansas Razorbacks when I was like 9 and 10 years old in the Southwest Conference. I get starstruck. Eddie met him at a foot, Razorback football I've game. I've seen you geek over him. And yeah. I was like, this is Quinn Grovey. Yeah. And Eddie's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so it's always people from my childhood that I geek out over. The first time I met Garth Brooks, obviously. Yes. Um, when, when the nut came in. Chestnut. Oh. Yeah. Mark Chestnut. When Mark Chestnut came in. <laughs> well, I was like, holy cow. So for me, Angela, that's what it is, is that it's people that I felt. Because honestly, famous people now are probably, you know, in worse shape than normal folks are. You just don't know it. You know, they're going through the same struggle, that's sometimes right. more. Um, but I appreciate that question. That's a really good question. Thanks for asking that. All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Who's the most person, who's the most starstruck you've ever been, Amy? Oh, man. Probably Amy Grant's up there mm-hmm. when she came in. Because, the first why? Time. Why? Well, because, because she I was a, you were yeah, a kid. She was my first concert that I ever went to, mm-hmm. and I just loved her music. So now meeting her as an adult, it's crazy. Eddie Garth Brooks. Even when he comes in, still to this day, like I just stare at him, and like, oh my gosh, that's freaking Garth. Brooks. Yeah, you should stop that. Yeah, <laughs> you, should, you, you know, Breathe. just the staring thing. <laughs> a little right, awkward. Yeah. yeah. Lunchbox. Johnny Bananas. When I met him at the bar, I was just like in awe, just so freaked out. And I geeked, just just kept diary of the mouth, just telling him everything. And I didn't let him talk. <laughs> and it was just so awkward. And then I think I kind of scared him. But yeah. Isn't it weird? Because you would have no idea who Quinn Grovey is. Uh, no. And I have know. no idea who Johnny Bananas is. Right. Like, if I saw him, I'd be like, hey, there's a guy, you know? And it's also like everybody can find a little bit of whatever this fame thing is now. Just get a bunch of Instagram followers and be specialized in bananas or you know slam poetry and or then people will start to follow you and think you're famous and they see you in a store. I was with Amy once at a some kind of organic restaurant in California and some woman walked in and Amy's like, oh my goodness, that's Kathy Johnston. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> who's Kathy Johnston? No, it was Kimberly Snyder and I used to be obsessed <laughs> with her smoothies and I followed her on Instagram and I felt like I knew her but I'd never and I'd read some of her books and then I there she was in person and I did kind of I think I went up to her because you yes, wouldn't. Yes, yes, and Bobby said, "Hi." My friend is a fan. Can she get a picture? So then we took a picture with her and <laughs> And Amy's still embarrassed right now. It, yeah. But she didn't want to talk to her. Uh-huh. I thought it was, uh, I was like, she's just a person. She's I know. in the back of the kitchen. Yeah. Morgan, who are you starstruck by? 
It was Shania Twain, but that's because it was on my first day working for the show, and y'all brought Shania Twain in, who is like my idol. And I'm sitting there like, this is not happening to me right now. Morgan's day one. She's like, well, this is normal. (laughs) Shania comes in. Yeah, that's cool, huh? Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Shania Twain and Dolly Parton probably are the two that I really was starstruck over. Dolly, too. Dolly comes in. Oh, yeah. And again, I'm so jaded now. I've, I've done like seven things with Dolly. And she's the best all the time. And so now I'm just like, hey, Dolly, what's up? But the first couple of times, I'm just like, this is nuts because me at seven years old wouldn't get to ever meet Dolly Parton. But yeah, Dolly and Garth are two people, though, that are even better in person than you would think they would be. And you would already have high expectations on them both. Would you agree? Yeah. And and Reba. mm -hmm. Reba's the same way. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Garth is impressive when you see him interact with people because he will stop and come over to your set, like wherever you are. Like he came around the studio and he'll go from like desk to desk and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, and it's, he doesn't, we have brand new artists that don't even take the time to do that. (laughs) Here's the difference. You ready for this? Yes. Brand new artists are usually not near as nice as people have already made it. And I mean brand new, like artists with a hit, a hit. If you're brand, brand new, you're just sucking up trying to get anybody to play your song. Oh yeah. But once you get that first hit, you start to get a little cocky and you also start to wonder, all right, is this, Am I gonna make it? Like it, this is so I gotta really present myself as someone that's a star. I gotta I gotta act like a star. And what we've been taught is stars come in and like divas and they demand stuff. And so Garth Brooks is someone who has made it. He knows he has nothing to prove. There's a reason Tim McGraw gets here 20 minutes early. Yeah, he has nothing to prove. He's just a guy that's gonna get here. He's made it. He made it for a reason. Sure, I'll be early. I'll hang out. No problem. But you get let's call him Simon Wilson. Simon Wilson comes in, he's got one, maybe two hits. He's still trying to prove himself. I'm a star. People need to treat me like a star. So I might be five minutes late. I might say I need this or that. It's like soap opera actor versus major star. Oh, yeah. And so until you kind of break that next level, you go from super nice when you're young and no hits to kind of, you know, (laughs) D-bag early, then, (laughs) then really cool again. That's kind of the cycle. And I've seen some of my friends do that. Heck, I've probably done that. You know, where I was like, oh, anybody. And then I'm like, oh, look at me. And now I'm like, who cares? Let's all go. Uh, Raymundo, anybody ever been starstruck by? Steven Tyler when he came in studio. That's a great one, too. Yeah. Me, too. Also so nice. Me, too. He came in. I was like, I have a picture of him talking to me in studio. And I'm like, this is crazy. I could talk to lead singer Vero Smith. And he talks how he sings. He sure does. Ow! (laughs) Hey, nice to meet you. Ow! All right. Hey, Angela, hope you have a great day. Thank you for calling the show. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. That's a good one, huh? Mm-hmm. It's time to play Easy Trivia. Here we go. Amy, you're up first. If you freeze water, what do you get? You get ice. Ice is correct. Yeah. Right. By the way, Amy has three wins on the season. The first person to five wins wins the tiara to display proudly in front of them. Amy, tell us something about yourself. Well, I recently was scammed by a cat person and sent a deposit because my daughter wanted a cat for Christmas. And here we are, what, like six months later, still no cat and still no money back. There she is, Amy. Lunchbox, what is something you hit with a hammer? A nail. A nail is right. Yeah. Nice job. Eddie. Come on. By the way, Lunchbox, you have three wins. Yes. If you win, you're one step away from that. Uh, tiara, which looks fancy. It looks like it's full of diamonds. Oh, nice. Real diamonds? No, it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> Eddie, what's the name of the place you go to see a lot of animals? Ooh, that would be called the zoo, That's bro. right. That's the zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that right. And finally, Morgan, whose nose grew longer every time he lied? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Ooh. That's right. Everybody clear. Morgan. Sorry, I skipped the guys here. Tell us something interesting about yourself. Well, lately I've been getting really excited for bedtime because I take melatonin gummies and they make me feel like a little kid again. So... That's been fun. Weird. A kid again? <laughs> yeah, like, you know what you used to they, take? Do they work? Yeah, they work. Oh, yeah, it passed oh, out work. really hard. They work for me. I take the z and nothing affects me anymore. z knocks me out. Mm-hmm. I take a serving size, too, and then I don't remember what happened. Just one serving size? Yeah. Yeah, because you can take too much melatonin, and it'll make you feel really groggy. That z is awesome. Do you have, I don't have any kind of hangover either when I wake up. No, I wake up feeling great. Slept like a baby. Well, Amy, three. Lunchbox, three. Morgan, number two, three. Eddie, two points. Wow, I got to step it up. All right, if you missed the next question, guys, you can be eliminated. What you don't want to hear is this noise right here. You've been boned. There you go, guys. Amy, what colors are the stars on the American flag? 
Mm. They're white. Correct. Lunchbox, which superhero can climb up walls and buildings? Oh, Spider-Man. Correct. Eddie in sports, what does MVP stand for? Most valuable player. Correct. Morgan, what country is the home to the kangaroo? Australia. Australia is correct. You're all on to the next round. Nice job. They get a little bit harder. Amy, how many planets are in our solar system, not including Pluto? Okay. My very energetic mother just served us nine pizzas. But the P is that Pluto? So it's it's eight. There you go. Eight eight is right. (laughs) Nice work. Lunchbox, which ocean is off the east coast of the United States? Uh, Atlantic. Correct. Eddie, what's the largest mammal in the world? Mm. Ugh, tricky. <laughs> yeah, this is tricky. Because whales get pretty darn big. Elephants are big too, though. Rhinoceroses are pretty big. Okay, we're going to walk through every large animal. <laughs> Give me the whale. They're whale pretty big. Whale is correct. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Morgan, what color is an emerald? Green. Green. Nice job. Everybody's on to the next Woo! round. Okay, Amy, a scientist who studies rocks is called a what? Mm. Uh, well, it's genealogy. So, gene, uh, is it genealogist? Genealogist? Yep. What's your answer? Gene, gene, genealogist? A genealogist. Oh! Why'd I do that? I Ge- knew that wasn't right. Geology, geologist. I, oh, mm-hmm. What's so, genealogy? The study I don't of stop. What? I don't even know. I don't genealogy even... is like generations. Yeah, ge- ah. like why did I do that? Yeah. Ge- I'm sorry, Amy, you've been boned. Ge- when you've been boned, you gotta be keep your mouth shut. I know. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But it's awful. I, L- <laughs> Lunchbox on a farm. A kid is a baby what? Do you know it, Miss Bone? I do. Yeah. On a farm, a kid. Oh my gosh. Is a baby what? Ah! Kid. Need an answer? Lamb. Incorrect. Let's bone him. You've been boned. (laughs) Donkey. Donkey. Yeah, is it a donkey? No, it's a goat. It's a goat. Oh, it's a a donkey. Oh, Lunchbox, you've been boned. I would have missed that, too. Eddie, if you suffer from arachnophobia, what animal are you scared of? Thank goodness for that movie back in the 80s. Spiders. Spiders is correct. Morgan, who was the 16th president of the Come United- on. Yes. This, I, I don't know. The 16th president. There's so many presidents. That's true. <laughs> there are a lot. Eddie, stop I don't want Eddie to get a win. Oh, come on. I don't think this is a hard question, honestly. I, it just goes to show you, we know our lanes. I would have thought this was like around one, Oh, around I feel two. like this is like so easy. Okay, just making sure I'm not the only one who thinks that. Morgan, who is the 16th president? I'm trying to go through all of them. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> we don't have that much time. I know. What are we on now? Like 53, 54? Um, you got five seconds, Morgan. I don't even think this is a. Pr- oh my gosh. JFK. Oh JFK. no. JFK. You've been boned. Oh, the 16th president was Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. What? Yeah. I thought he was like two or four or something <laughs> early. Oh my goodness. Adams. Eddie, you hey. just tied it up at 3333. Three, three. Let's go! There he is, Eddie. Yeah. What? That was just, you won. What? 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 Complaining about, I won. Fair I gave her an and easy, square. She had an easy question. Oh, I know. I'm just like, that was just the easiest round. I mean, Eddie got, those are the easiest Genealogy. win. Genealogy. I know. I'm mad at myself, but I feel like you, but, congratulations. But thank you. There we go. Thank Good you. Good job. Hey, I'm going to say a lot of hateful stuff, but, but congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You got to it, though. There's our winner, Eddie. It's all three, 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 three. That is how we play Easy Trivia. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Green, Maine. A 32-year-old man went to the bank drive-thru, cashes his paychecks, all excited, driving out, counting his money, counting his money, not paying attention to the road, goes off, hits a mailbox, 
down an embankment, flips the car, and totals his truck. No. Because he was counting his paycheck. He was counting the money. He wasn't paying attention to the road. He goes, man, I just got excited to start counting those dollar bills. Oh, boy. It's, it's probably pull over, right? Or or do it before you start driving. <laughs> I know. I feel like he, even this person, would admit they were a bonehead. But he's okay. It, he just had a bump on his head and a sore back, and he said he's going to replace their mailbox. Okay. And he had to pay all his money to get that bump. <laughs> yeah. All that money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all that money. All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. All right, now time for Flashback Friday. Flashback Friday! The year is 1997. I believe that is the year Eddie graduated high school. Seniors, McCallum Memorial Mustangs. Woo! I was one year behind you. Amy is one year behind us. 1997 is the year the number one country song at this time was Garth Brooks' Long Neck Bottle. Long Long Neck Bottle. Yeah. It's a jam. Oh Pretty underappreciated when it comes to Garth songs. I don't think it's on any top ten lists, no. which is crazy. But I do like it a lot, and I like the long, long neck. But it's just Man, a we jam. should cover that. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest news story: Timothy McVeigh was convicted of murder mm. and conspiracy in the Oklahoma City bombing. He was charged with 15 counts of murder and conspiracy for his role in the 1995 terrorist bombing of the Federal Building. One of the one of the craziest things was, you know, the building blows up. And it blows off the license plate. Of the van. And so they pull him over later because he has a missing license plate. And they put him in jail because of for other things. And they're all, by the way, they're looking for the bomber. And finally, they, they're like, hey, I think we got him in our prison already. Like, they only pulled him over because he was missing a license plate from the explosion as he was driving out of town. And that's how they got him. He was never on the run because they already had him hold up. Uh, also, the biggest pop song was Notorious B.I.G. Hypnotize. That was 1997. Amy, what's going on this weekend with you? Um, I just kind of low-key. Actually, I, I might be going to see my brother this weekend, but I'm not 100% sure yet. I'll be making that decision tomorrow. Like in Tampa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, flights are, like, so cheap, I literally can make the decision tonight, and I have Southwest points, and so we're just working on some stuff for my dad's, you know, there's still loose ends to tie up, so I figured might as well go see him in person. But what about you? Kaylin's sister's getting married, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. Gonna have that wedding, and then I'm gonna go watch Arkansas play baseball tomorrow. So I'm gonna go You're gonna watch. go to the game? Yeah, it's a super regional. Yeah. I go to the second game. Hopefully they win today and then they can clinch tomorrow. Oh, but either cool. way, I'll be there tomorrow nice. and then be back um, in Sunday. So, yeah, pretty good weekend. Eddie, you? Um, my family comes back in town. They've been out for about two weeks now, so life's about to be normal again. Oh, your family family. My family, they've your been in Texas kids. for two You've weeks. You've been at home? You've had a house by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm doing, like, long walks to train for my Virginia, West Virginia down Tennessee walk that I really have no time in the day. Like, it's crazy. My, my wife's like, you've been missing us? Like, I've been busy. I miss you guys, but I've been really busy. Have you been looking forward to that walk or no? Uh, no, not really. My feet are starting to hurt. Are so. you dreading walking from West Virginia to Tennessee? Um, I feel like it's going to be a lot more work than I think, so I'm kind of dreading that part. I, I don't know. I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm just a little worried that it's going to hurt. We're almost there. I know. Like a week and two days. I know. And you're going to be walking West Virginia to Tennessee. I know, man. And I love to walk, but my bones are just like, they're not what they used to be. So I'm just worried that I don't pull something or break anything. But if you pull something walking, we will never (laughs) let you live that. But I'm I'm going through mountains, guys. Remember that part. You're still walking. Yeah, that's true. All right, we'll see you guys. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. On Monday's show, Chase Beckham, the American Idol winner, will be on performing. Also, Old Dominion on Tuesday. See you guys. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones Show.